0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. You are a one stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I am the digital resource curator for Faith to Go.
1: My name is Trela Kessler, and I'm the Youth Commissioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San
0: Diego. And I really restrained myself on the opening hello, because usually you blow my it's really out. too loud. <laughs> I really can't, it's hard for me to regulate that one. Anyway, you just want everybody to feel
1: welcome to a podcast.
0: Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I hope you all feel welcomed to this week's Faith to Go podcast. Uh, we're coming to you for the week leading up to Sunday, November 14th, uh, just a f- few weeks away from Advent. Uh, so we're getting down to the, the, big, the end of the propers. Uh, we're th- talking about this Sunday, Proper 28, the gospel from Mark chapter 13. Uh, and we thank you all for being here. Uh, For this gospel discussion, uh, where we check in with one another about uh, the themes from this gospel. Mm -hmm. Help you feel equipped to think about it, reflect on it, talk about it with your family, with your friends, wherever it might come up in your week. So, but before we get to our gospel discussion, we always like to check in with one another or with a guest when we have a guest about where we saw God this past week. So, Charlotte, you told me that you have a God sighting. I do. yeah, Or feeling. So, would you share where you saw God this past week.
1: Absolutely. So in the last few days, because as you know, David and I record this podcast a little bit before you hear it. But in the last few days at Christchurch in Coronado, we have been observing the triduum of all Hallows Eve and all saints and all souls. And it was really, actually it's, it's the three of them together for me this year. That is my God sighting. So on, Monday evening, we had an All Saints Day service out in the courtyard. And you know how sometimes things go really well and then other times they don't?
0: I do know this. Yes. Yes, I've experienced
1: this. Uh huh. So, On that evening, things maybe were a little windy in our outside service that had a screen set up for a slideshow of The Faithful Departed that was going to play in it. And the screen fell over not one, not two, not three, but five times. (laughs) Five times.
0: I'm glad you skipped four.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And most of those... Actually, all of those were leading up to the service. None of them were during the service. So we were able to have the beautiful liturgical action of one of our congregants walking up behind the screen to hold it in place when we put it back up Mm -hmm. for the slideshow so it wouldn't blow over. Mm -hmm. And under the altar was filled with candles that the youth group had poured um, intentionally at youth group the week before in honor of the saints, both in their lives and um, in the greater church, the greater communion of saints. And so those were the base light of the altar lighting it up. And that space, that holy space felt very thin. Um, The presence of God and of all of those that have gone before us was there. But it was followed immediately last night um, by an All Souls Day offering at Christ Church in a Dia de los Muertos altar that had been created by the children of Christ Church Day School. And so people had the opportunity to come and visit the altar, and then they also had an opportunity to go and light a candle and carry it into the memorial garden and place it on the altar that is in the memorial garden there. And during that time space, that really informal gathering space, I watched people coming together in community that was such a visible presence of God's love because they were together. The altar had not just day school ancestors on it, but also the congregation had submitted pictures to be placed there as well at Christchurch. And so it was congregants and families telling each other the stories of all of the people that had gone before them. It was people hugging each other who had experienced loss this year. It was the aid in lighting candles and carefully carrying it back to the altar to place it there. And, after everything was said and done at the end when I was just there by myself and standing in that place, we had left all the candles on the altar and let them burn out on the overnight because they were in glass containers. And that quiet space to be with God was God's presence for me this yeah. week.
0: Mm-hmm. in the silence. Mm-hmm. So cool. And I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people probably uh, observed some or all of this these three days so we would love to hear uh, how everyone else experienced that maybe on maybe halloween maybe an all hallows eve something Mm -hmm. uh with your church community or any other community maybe in all saints or in all souls on the first and the second um or maybe this upcoming sunday people are doing things for all saints which would also be appropriate um So we would love to hear from you all on where you uh, experience God moving in any of those kinds of celebrations and the remembrance of people who have died that we've loved and remember. Um, And we would also love to hear uh, any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. Like always, you can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org. Or you can uh, direct message us or tag us on Instagram at faith2go, really with anything you mm-hmm. want. Uh, and we'll share that uh, through our Instagram. We'll share it on the podcast. We also would love to hear from you through our uh, faith2go survey that we're doing to get some feedback from you all on how you use faith2go, what you would like to see us uh, bring to faith2go to in terms of offerings and resources for you, uh, and what your community is you know, offering in terms of this kind of at-home, on-the-go um, resource um support for you and your family and your community so we'd love to hear from you you can find a link to that survey you can do it in like five minutes mm-hmm. on your phone uh on your computer you can find it in the description to this podcast episode so if you just scroll down see the whole description there's a link in there you can click that and it'll take you right to the survey uh and uh, we'll also put it uh as the bio in our instagram profile so you can find the link in bio which is a very cool thing to do, Yes, we know, from market research. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we just know. Um, So, with all that said, we will get to our conversation about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, November 14th, proper 28, from Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. Charlotte's going to read it, and then we'll each discuss discuss a point that we uh, saw in the gospel this week.
1: As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look teacher what large stones and what large buildings then jesus asked him do you see these great buildings not one stone will be left here upon another all will be thrown down when he was sitting on the mount of olives opposite the temple peter james john and andrew asked him privately tell us when will this be and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished then jesus began to say to them be aware beware that no one leads you astray many will come in my name and say i am he but they will lead many astray when you hear of wars and rumors of wars do not be alarmed this must take place but the end is still to come for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be earthquakes in various places there will be famines this is but the beginning of the birth pangs
0: all right jesus Getting uh, intense here in Jerusalem. Um, so, for context, we were at the very end of Mark chapter twelve last week when we talked about uh, Jesus sitting in the temple uh, across from the treasury with his disciples observing the the poor widow putting in her last uh, amount of money that she had, and then the rich, you know, people talking about the scribes, and that all happened last week uh in the gospel for last last sunday and that was the very end of mark chapter 12 this is the very next thing that happened so when it says as jesus came out of the temple that's them coming out of the temple after like seeing the widow and doing that uh having that conversation about scarcity and abundance and and that all that's kind of systemic stuff we talked about last week so um now jesus is kind of zooming out and looking being like hey look at these look at all this stuff Mm -hmm. you know um and so that's something to to pay attention to. And then just some other context is like all of the Gospels have Jesus, at least the synoptic Gospels, uh, have Jesus talking about the temple being destroyed, the temple in Jerusalem. Um, and that is, there's like, there is a historical precedent for that because it did happen mm-hmm. in 70 CE. Uh, Roman soldiers sacked Jerusalem and, destroyed the temple so there's some there are some biblical scholars that will kind of use this as a way of like marking that you know the the authors of the gospels knew that that had already happened so they say it couldn't have been these things couldn't have been written earlier than this date or things like that so anyway it's just like a really big historical event that is kind of being referenced here and jesus is in the story kind of predicting it and so we're going to talk about that too um, but anyway, that's the that's where we are. We're in Jer- we're in Jerusalem in the big temple right now. Jesus kind of goes a, goes to a place opposite the temple called the Mount of Olives, where he is. In other times in John's Gospel, he's often on the Mount of Olives with like Mary and Martha, and when the the woman like washes his feet with her tears and pours the anointing oil on his head and stuff like that. So, um, that's where we are. And so I have the first point and. Uh, I kind of started to get into it there with the context. It's just like thinking about how um, Jesus is kind of like I just I love kind of the contrast between these two stories from last week and this week. That Jesus is highlighting this like one individual in in particular person to looking at this one person that and their story kind of highlights larger systemic issues that he's seeing. Mm-hmm um in terms of like the wealth and how the institution of of his religious tradition is like is failing to take care of people and it's favoring the rich people and it's just like cre- like re uh enforcing this kind of gap in wealth that he knows is a problem because people are being hurt uh and so he's kind of then like kind of takes us st- another step back and the disciples after seeing this are like, whoa, Jesus, look at these huge stones. It's amazing. Um, cause maybe this is the first time, I don't know, maybe this is the first time they'd been there. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, it's like you were, everyone was expected to like take a pilgrimage to Jerusalem every year, at least for the Passover. But that doesn't mean that these people could do it. Cause these are not wealthy people. You know, very often these, these, this group of people might need to stay home, observe the Passover in their own local setting and not be able to get there. So, they're amazed by the like the enormity of this structure and jesus is like even like this giant thing this thing's gonna get torn down like and i just i love that idea that jesus is saying jesus is like walks away from this experience of seeing how this big thing is failing this person and he says like this this big thing this big immovable object to this thing that It feels like it could never change it could it's like too big to fail Mm -hmm. almost he's like even this thing is going to fall down and so they're like wow how i mean how are we going to we know are we going to know that this is about to happen and and his answer is like it seems like these kind of like predictions of all these terrible things there's war there'll be wars and rumors of wars and uh nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes. There will be famines. Um, and I'm just thinking, like, I, th- I feel like this is a cool way of, there's, like, a couple of ways into this. I think one way we think about it is, like, oh, well, Jesus is, like, totally omniscient. He can totally predict the future. Um, and that's kind of, like, his way of having insight is to, like, know for sure he can see what's going to happen then. And I think there's another way in that I think kind of like invites us into, invites us into a similar kind of practice, which is that Jesus is kind of, uh, Jesus, Jesus's insight is kind of this incredible way of seeing how everything is happening now and knowing how like all the dynamics are, are happening. He's kind of like reading the room. He knows how empires function. You know, he knows that that they're uns- that they're like that that there is not like peace without systemic change that um as long as there are kind of nations grabbing for power and kingdoms grabbing for power there will be wars mm-hmm. and there will be earthquakes and there will be famines you know because the systems are broken <laughs> they're not made to support people they're made for empires to get bigger and eventually to fall and be destroyed and i think that is like i think that's what he's talking about when he's talking about this giant building he's kind of saying like look at like think about the widow the same thing that the that our religious institution is doing to the widow is what the empire is doing to us mm-hmm. you know like there is we have we have ceased to be countercultural because we have ceased to do the things that we have, we have ceased to do all of these commandments that he's like been talking about with the scribe, you know, to take care of one another, to like set aside enough for everyone to have what they need. Um, instead we've like, we've given into greed and scarcity and fear. And that's what the empires have done as well. And that, that's what, that's what ultimately leads them to war and destruction. Um, and so he's like, I think he's saying, kind of like, we have taken on the, all the trappings of empire, and when the empire falls, we're gonna fall as well. And so it's, I think it's like, I and and so I think it sounds like really kind of desolate and sad, <laughs> but but I think he's saying like, in the midst of what feels like the end of the world, in the midst of what feels like all these things that we thought could never come crumbling down, falling down around us. Like these are actually the beginnings of something new being born. Mm -hmm. You know, he calls them birth pangs. He uses metaphors. He uses childbirth as a metaphor a number of times. And, and it's like, it's like he's inviting the disciples to see kind of the, the crumbling of these structures around them, not as the, their world falling apart, Though it is hard and painful, and there will be suffering, but as like the begin the, the possibility of something new emerging from that, maybe something that works better for everybody, maybe a new system that can give birth to wellness and wholeness for the community, and so I think that I think he's inviting us now to think about the same thing: is like, how have we lost? When I say we, like how have we as like a church community? come to replicate the empire you know how have we tied our destiny so much to the power of empire that we no longer take care of one another and how have we done that so much that we've we're beginning to see the things that we thought these like things that we thought could never fall like just crumbling around us But in the midst of that, when we think of it, like, oh my gosh, like everything is dying, everything is falling. There's earthquakes. It feels unstable, and there's uh, these stones are falling off of one another. Like, can we think of it like actually something new is being born in the midst of this painful, challenging thing? And so it's kind of like reframing, reframing the problem and bringing in some hope to be like, yeah, this is painful. The things we thought would always be there are not necessarily always going to be there, but but that means that's like god is doing something new in the midst of that and uh, and so just instead of being like i know how this is going to turn out like trying to predict the future can we take part in kind of jesus's omniscience and be like actually what I'm, I'm what we're doing is like seeing what is true right now as clearly as possible and recognizing how the different parts are fitting together and moving and seeing what our next move is you know and not necessarily knowing how it's going to end but like being able to walk along in the process of that, of that birth of newness in the midst of anxiety and fear. So,
1: yeah. Well, and David, it's funny because it so logically leads to my point and that because what you're talking about is how we view and how we go through this process and realizing what it, what it is that is actually happening, maybe in a new way. But, what I want to talk about today is actually that God is with us in all of it, um, because that's the part that stood out to me in the gospel this week, is that we have Peter, James, John, and Andrew who pulled Jesus aside and they want the inside scoop, right? Like, I think we've all done this when we have a relationship with someone and some we feel like something scary is about to happen. We'll go to a trusted person and we'll say, hey, did you hear about this? Do you know what's going on? And I hear this so clearly. And yet the person they're asking is Jesus. So re- they're really asking the person that they know knows what's going on. And Jesus answers them and says, beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come and say my name, say I am he, and they will lead many astray. But when you hear of wars and rumors, do not be alarmed. This must take place. And he goes on and on. But he re- he, what he's telling them is not to be led astray by others. And what I hear in that is the reminder that Jesus is with them. And even in those hard places, even in those challenging times that God's presence is moving through all of them, all of it. And maybe it's the presence of change that something new is about to be born the same way that you were saying, but also maybe it is just the comforting presence of having God with you as all of these things are happening. And I think it's so easy to forget that. And we actually talked about this a few weeks ago in our conversation about the gospel, about our call to be with people in those hard times. And that certainly is true. And we have the opportunity to provide God's presence to each other. But we also have the opportunity to notice God with us in those moments when life feels overwhelming, like everything is falling apart, that the giant stones are crumbling around us, that there is famine everywhere. In those moments, There's that opportunity to get quiet and to notice God in them too, and to notice God in the change, but also in the comfort of taking that deep breath and taking some time to pray and to realize that you're not alone on that journey, that God is with you, even in those very, very tumultuous times. And I was thinking specifically about a couple of children that I've been in contact with lately who just as every child does, got overwhelmed by life, right? And sometimes, as adults, we don't show it as much. Children, it they wear it all over themselves, right? I, I'm sure that George never has a meltdown. No, he's fine all the time. All the time, right? Maybe not this morning. He had a meltdown, but every child everywhere does. And yeah. and some of that, some of that is that they haven't learned yet to regulate their emotions. But also, some of it is that they haven't hardened themselves to feeling all of their emotions. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we do as adults. It's not acceptable for us to be our full raw selves in the emotions that we are, but children are. And oftentimes, you cannot fix the emotional tidal wave that has struck a child. Mm-hmm. They just have to be in it for a little bit until they're ready to be calm and and to go into the next thing, mm-hmm. and what are, what are our options then as adults? Do we yell at them? Do we run away from them? Or are we able to sit with them in that moment of overwhelm and be a visible presence of God's love in that overwhelming time? Mm-hmm. It's a gift when we can do that to the child. It's also a gift for ourselves when we can do that with a child. And yet I know because we're human that we can't always do that, mm-hmm. right? Like it's impossible to be that calm and loving presence all the time. I, I wish I wish I knew a person that was that person, but I think that each of us can both play that role and walk away from that role at any given moment in our lives. But where we're human and we can't always do it, God always can. Mm-hmm. And so the more often we can name to each other the opportunity to notice God In those challenging moments, then we create space and learning for us to be able to notice it ourselves because others may remind us sometimes, but what we really need is that ability to remind ourselves that in this moment, when the emotion has crashed upon me and it is a tidal weight of awfulness and I don't feel like I can do it anymore. Can I get to that quiet place within me where I know that even in this moment that God is present and not be led astray? not just by false prophets, which is named here in this gospel, but also by just the hardness of the world.
0: Yeah, and I love that. And I think that um it's kind of it kind of frames in an in a new in an interesting way like what the difference is between G, like Jesus and a right, like a false leader or false prophet like you're talking about. Because it seems like what he's saying is we be, beware of people that are like I am the answer. Mm-hmm. I've got the answer. I will save you. I know what to do exactly. Mm-hmm. you know. And what Jesus Jesus never really does that. Jesus is kind of just like facilitating kind of like an ongoing open-ended process, asking questions, like wondering with people in like critiquing and challenging the system, but not by saying like if you just did it this way, it would be better. But he tells stories about like different ways of doing it. Different, you know, so he's like, he's not trying to figure it out. He's, he's not trying to tell them what they're supposed to do. He's trying to like be present along the journey. Yeah. And so he's like, beware of the people that say, just follow me. I'll get you where you need to go. Instead, he's saying like, be with one another. Know that I am with you along the way be aware of what's happening like going back to my point be yeah. see what's really going on and then respond you know and like keep moving forward. know that just like the birth like it's a long gestation process. you know It's a long process of giving birth. It requires a lot of people, like a team of people and and it's like totally unknown and unpredictable. So it's more about like being present with the process than knowing exactly how it's going to end up. And I think that's kind of the invitation uh, yeah. from him. So uh, those are our two points for this week. Mine was the first one. And uh, it was about this idea of Jesus kind of seeing all the things that are happening now and kind of having an idea of how they're all going to uh, play out in into the future without a clear outcome. Um, but kind of trying to provide hope when we see things we thought were permanent kind of falling away or recognizing how we've kind of like tied our destiny um, to oppressive systems and institutions and how we can kind of de-link from those things and move in a new direction. And Charlotte's was the second point uh, and similar kind of leading from that thinking like, and when we do that, uh, the hope that Jesus gives to us is that, he is with us in those moments. Mm-hmm. God is with us along that journey. And to be be aware of and beware of um, those voices that say that they have the answer mm-hmm. rather than uh, the ones that are willing to kind of be open along the way. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is all about that kind of openness and uncertainty and open-ended kind of growth leading to something new. So, if you have a third point for this week's gospel, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment or a story for your week of faith discussion or reflection, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or you can tag us or direct message us on Instagram, at faith2go. We'd also love to hear your feedback about faith2go, your ideas for the future, the ways you use faith2go, what your congregation does in terms of at home, on the go, kind of resources, we'd love to hear from you. You can take our feedback survey. Uh, you can find a link to that in the description for the podcast for this episode, or in the link, uh, a link in our bio on Instagram. Uh, please take it. It takes like five minutes, and we'd love to hear uh, all of your ideas and your thoughts. We'll be back next week for a Proper Twenty Nine for the Sunday, uh, the week leading up to Sunday, November twenty-first. We'll say goodbye. goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. everybody.